Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Very excited. Got my man, Tori McPhail, executive chef of Commander's Palace, the iconic Commander's Palace in New Orleans, Louisiana. Tori, thanks for being on the show, man. What's up, my man? Thanks for having me, Jensen. It's good to, good to, good to see your voice. For anybody who doesn't know, Commander's Palace may be one of the most iconic restaurants in the entire country. Tori, how long have you been the chef at Commander's Palace? I have been the chef now for about 17 years and first got there through three stints now for almost 30 years, about 27, going on 28 years. I've been with the with the family and, and doing what I love to do. Unbelievable. I mean, that five years is a lifetime in restaurant land. You've lived multiple yeah. lifetimes. And really, I mean, you think about the names from Prudhomme to Legacy to McPhail. I mean, icons, each of you. So amazing work that you're doing. I want to tell people a personal story because yeah. now we're dating ourselves a little bit. I went back to when we first met, which was when we cooked together at the 2011, it's 2020, 2011. If you look Kentucky at it now, you're like, man, what, what, where did the time go? Fast. It went by fast. The Kentucky Derby, Taste of the Derby event, which is put on by Taste of the NFL, uh, Gina Berry, amazing person who is the master kitten herder of us chefs, put that together. And that was a ton of fun. And the relationships that came about, out of that were pretty incredible. Jennifer Newbold, who was with Kent Rathbun at the time, she's yep. been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yourself, Gina, uh, Thomas Finch is uh, mailing me some hot sauce from upstate New York. <laughs> you know, right. so, like, the relationships are unbelievable that came from that. And I want to tell people a little yep. bit about Kentucky Derby. What yep. a party that is. It is Louisville, that weekend of the year. I don't know. If there's anywhere better to be. It's Mardi Gras in New Orleans. It's St. Exactly. Patrick's Day in Chicago. It's like at that level. And you have been there before, and you were friends with one of the local uh, TV talents, who was kind of the on, yeah. on the on the street kind of, so to speak, in the paddock, yeah. kind of doing uh, a lot of analysis or color, basically commentary. And yeah. so we got access to a couple of places that were probably not supposed to be, which was nice. <laughs> we got to go to the winner circle for one of the early races. We were on the track and man, those horses raced by you. It is like you're getting hit with thunder. Like it That's is. Right. Intense. And a horse that won that race, we got a little too close. I can't remember who it was, but one of the chefs, little, little, little too many, um, <laughs> Uh, drinks, tulips. Uh, yeah, got a little too close to the horse and it reared up and almost hit his ass. And uh, I just will never forget that. So thank you for that memory. And uh, I know you've gone back years past, but that year, Kentucky yeah. Derby was, was really memorable for me. We had a lot of fun for yeah. sure. We, so, we always, we always have a lot of fun. And Jill Byrne was her name, is her name. Uh, but she's great, man. She's you know, since the days that you and I were hanging out. 
Yeah, uh, she's become a really, really darn good friend. And we've had a, a lot of walks around Churchill Downs, uh, checking out kind of behind the scenes in and out. And it's like a it's like a catacombs or a labyrinth on the inside yeah. of that, getting from one side of it, going underneath the paddock, up on the other side for um, just like employees and, and Churchill Downs personnel. But it's a pr- pretty special time. So for any of the people out there that have not gone to the Kentucky Derby, obviously this year's done and out of the question. But you've sure. got to put that to like the top five of your bucket list and, and really get out there and find out what's happening with American sporting events. It is um, it is pretty special. And all that money that we raise, you and I, uh, every year for Taste of Derby, you know, the majority of that stays right there in Louisville, um, taking care of food banks. And um, it's it's the biggest party that they do, the biggest um, – uh, nonprofit or uh, uh, charitable thing that they do. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. And that was uh, running through my mind when I'm thinking about, like I mentioned, the the virtual tip campaign that we're working on. I'm thinking about the need for food banks. I'm thinking about what is going on right now and how a lot of what we've been talking about lately has been some organizations popping up or some organizations that exist to create curbside pickup of free meals for hospitality industry professionals. I saw you posting as well, little videos of trying to feed your crew because you've got a lot of people hurting right now. So let's go to that. Let's talk to your people and the people at large, kind of Mm -hmm. what it meant for you to be able to try and navigate this as a leader Mm -hmm. for your crew in a time, unprecedented time to figure out how to lead through this. So give us little tidbits of what it was like for you in those first days. It was, it's, Pretty, pretty rough. I don't know. Everybody has their own story. But um, the personal journey for me, I was um, doing several different um, events. You know, the first one was the Blackberry Farm right outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, we, we started doing that one about five weeks ago. And then I joined my good buddy, Dean Max, who's got um, restaurants around from the Bahamas, South Florida. Um, but he invited us to go to the Cayman Islands. He's got a, a property there that he helps to uh, to oversee and give some culinary advice on. And so when all this stuff was really kind of coming to the head in New Orleans, I was in the Cayman Islands doing this amazing dinner um, with, with the folks there at, um, at Cricket Square. But, but by the time I got back to New Orleans, everybody in customs had masks on, they had eye shields. And it was kind of about the days where like, look, man, if you're out of the country, you might not get back in. And so we're like wow. counting down the hours, counting down the days. We're finally like, whoo, we're, we're into it. But just that very next day, everything started hitting the fan and commanders is not a little restaurant. It's been around for 127 years now. And cur- currently we have about 225 employees and that's not a hotel. That's not an inn or bed and breakfast. We are just one freestanding neighborhood restaurant in the heart of, in the garden district in uptown new Orleans. And so to, to hear that, Hey man, tonight's going to be our last, last service for a la carte dining. And after service tonight, hey, I'm sorry, hourly employees, but you know what? Everybody needs to sit on their hands for a little while. If you have vacation time, you know, sit back and use it. But every day we'd still have family meal. Um, You know, we started doing um, curbside pickup and then we started doing delivery through Uber Eats. Now we have an opportunity to do some uh, turtle soup in four of the Rouse's stores. And so I wake up every morning, seven days a week, check in with the store managers. Hey, what's our inventory? What's up? And so I'm still working um, along side by side with my sous chefs to keep things going as much as I can, to try to keep money coming in, to try to take care of our people. Um, but it's been a, been, a, been a mess, but we're doing everything we possibly can. We're trying to keep touching base with our folks. 
Um, we've got this um, text message stream Good. going back and forth so we can communicate with all of our employees. Um, but currently we have three restaurants down, I don't know, probably close to 300 employees out and it's, uh, and it's rough. So I'm in my, my mask this morning doing what we need to do and pressure washing. We got goggles and all. Um, and then we have, we have one section of the commander's palace kitchen and obviously we're pressure washing, sanitizing. It, it looks like a hospital inside um, yeah. we have one room called the production room and that's where the kettles are. And so we produce fresh turtle soup. When it comes out of the, the kettle, we hot vacuum it and then get it into ice, but we do small batches all the time. So we're producing fresh soup uh, in all the Rouse's stores, but very soon we'll go live on gold belly. And so you can get commander's palace turtle soup all over the country. Gold belly. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of them. They do shipping all across the country, right? A yeah. So like, yeah. So all the like iconic restaurants, one you've heard yeah. from like cat's deli in New York city or, you know, uh, you know, some of the lobster shacks in, um, in Maine, you know, and kind of in the Northeast, you can get like lobster, lobster rolls and you can get, you know, get shipped all over the United States. So we're about to do the same thing with a goal that, Hey, look, this sucks for all of us. We're doing the entire thing. I'm personally drenched and soaking wet right now. But if I can keep some guys and ladies working, doing what they need to do until we get through this crap, then it's my job to be able to do that. If that happens to mean that we're all working seven days a week, then God damn it, then that's what we're going to do. Fucking A, man. Like, that's so important. I think that's something that we really need to reflect on in this moment is that people are laid off, yet you as a leader are out there doing everything that you can, trying to be creative, trying to find ways, you know, at least keeping the sous chefs. And I know somebody who's a line cook is going, yeah. well, I'm not a sous chef. That doesn't help me. Yet yeah. It's important for people to know that you're not just sitting back on cool. I'm on salary and I'm untouchable. So I'm good. Yeah. Now you're out there power washing and getting your ass soaking wet just yeah. to be able to make a one more week of paying five more people. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, let, let's be frank. Nobody's making money here. You know, all of our salaries have all been cut. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm just happy to be doing all right. Even my wife, she sells wine for a living. You know, her, she's completely laid off right now, you know? So now it's time to be able to burn vacation money, um, do what we need to do, paint around the house. But even now, I mean, C Katrina is not unlike this whole situation that was 15 mm -hmm. years ago. So now we're, we're literally ripping apart the hood system to be able to pressure wash the fresh air return and all the ducts that go up to the ceiling. That stuff hasn't been touched in 15 years. Okay. But we're all like, Hey man, let's bang out all of our crap. Let's go for it. Let's stay tight. But we, we have ourselves set up. So we do like 10 to 12 hour days, the sous chefs anyway. Um, and those guys have a couple days off. So we limit our, well, we maximize our social distancing Okay. to make sure that we are working in shifts and have people spread out all across the restaurant. So front of the house is ripping apart the bars. Um, central part of the house is ripping apart the dish machine, pressure washing, sanitizing, going through everything. If it is ripped, torn, not perfect, trash can. And that's it. So we are working almost around the clock to make sure that as soon as we're ready, Commander's Palace will be open for um, delivery. So we talk about goldbelly.com. So definitely check that out after this week. But as soon as we can start doing delivery through Uber Eats, plus our own drivers around the entire city of New Orleans, we're going to keep doing that. And we're going to put our damn people back to work as soon as Good. we fucking can. Good. Unbelievable. And I think you have that fortitude, just being a restaurant person, you have that fortitude of like, we're just going to figure shit out. Yeah. And then also, I mean, that New Orleans strong is like, no doubt you've been through this already. And so 
yeah. in a strange way, it's prepared you a little bit to figure out just not to dwell, to like go into action mode as quickly as possible. And yeah. so I'm interested now, Commander's Palace, 120 years, unbelievable legacy yeah. for that restaurant specifically. You've evolved, adapted, innovated throughout all that. That's the only way you can stay relevant and or even open in such a challenging business. Now you're going to have to do it again. You mentioned delivery. You mentioned integrating in yeah. different ways, gold belly, things like that. Talk to us about a couple other things that are top of mind right now is maybe the way that you're looking at restructuring your staff, restructuring the menu, the restaurant, anything, any little tidbits that might help us think about what happens next. So, so things have been... Things have been changing as we go day by day. Now yeah. things are starting to, we're settling into the groove a little bit and saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to be open in April. Um, you know, there's, there's stay-at-home orders. All that stuff gets us into May. You know, personally, you know, maybe we don't have classic white tablecloth dining in the Garden District of New Orleans until September. Yep. Until September. You know, yeah. maybe we don't have classic what we know is is Southern hospitality, um, haute creole cuisine, our level of James Beard award-winning professionalism. Maybe that doesn't happen until 2021. Well, now what do we do? Okay, yeah. So instead of changing daily, now we need to consider, all right, how do we diversify our program? How do we take care of our employees? And I kind of see it as, you know, maybe the opposite of next man up mentality. I guess what I'm saying is if we open up and, Everybody's burned their savings. Everybody's burned their vacation times. You know, how many people are going to walk into Commander's Palace and get that $200 bottle of wine? Uh, maybe, maybe not most. You know, there's not going to be a lot of companies that are going to say, yeah, man, we're going to send you out on expense account because you sell really nice insurance. All that stuff's gone. Okay. How we bounce back as chefs and restaurateurs in this new world of hospitality, it's just going to be different. I fully expect having a really nice chicken entree on the menu at dinner. And so we can invite somebody who's been pressure washing or you know, the plumber from the West Bank. We want that person to be able to come in, sit down, have value and offer them the commander's experience, but at, but at a, a realistic and approachable price. So um, everything's changing, everything's day by day, but we're just gonna make commanders even more of a value. Um, you know, We used to have lunch specials for two courses for 18 bucks or less and 25 cent martinis. Maybe that number goes down. Okay. We want this to be as commanders is I might hold, hold the keys, but commander's palace is a new Orleanians restaurant and we're yeah. inviting the entire city um, to, to reach out and, and, and jump in with us. Yeah, man. I love it. I love the energy. There is no quit in you whatsoever. I think that's going to be really important because people are going to need that leadership within your company of 300 people, yeah. but outside as well as we kind of, we, we rest, we, put on a pedestal our past successes a lot in the hospitality industry. And it's really yeah. easy to demonize what happens next or things that are different. And so the level of white tablecloth, high touch hospitality that you've had has been a cornerstone yet. That's only the service side of it. The true hospitality is just the way you make people feel right. And I talk yeah. about a lot, like I have the same feeling, the same goosebumps mm -hmm. when I have three Michelin stars, as I do when I have a dumpling that costs $3 and a nickel yeah. because they're executing on who they are and why they are important and relevant. So I think that's going to be the redefining why and who is going to become even more important than what and how and what happens next. No, I absolutely, 
I absolutely uh, agree with you, Jensen. That's for sure. You know, uh, I guess the, another touch point is Commanders was closed for 13 months after Hurricane Katrina. And although we didn't get looted um, and we didn't get water, you know, in this section of the city, they call it the sliver by the river. Mm. And, um, you know, this is where people, when they were pulling out sheetrock, they came to this section of New Orleans. But as we reopened Commander's Palace, the the new accord was the new greeting you know, how we address people was, hey, how are you? Hugs all around. All right, give me your 30 seconds. And everybody knew that is, hey, how you doing? How's the family? How's your mom and them? How'd you do through the Hurricane Katrina? All right, bleh, do your deal. Cry a little bit. And then you sit down and have dinner and let us let us take care of you. This one is probably not unsimilar. I think the biggest thing is, you know, as we come out of this, it's not going to be total devastation of the Gulf Coast through South Louisiana and Mississippi, our infrastructure is still here. You know, as I talk to my seafood guys, the meat guys, the farmers, it's like a, it's like a loaded shotgun. Everything's good. The powder is dry. We are ready to go to war. And as soon as these restaurants open up again, it's the best bluefin tuna. It's the best jumbo lump crab. The bayous are, are warming up. We're going to have unbelievable soft shell crabs. We still have kick-ass crawfish out there. So as soon as we can, boom, let's fire our shotguns. Let's get this shit back rolling. Um, so the economic structure of the city, although people are depleted, you know, we still have tourism. We still have those drivers around and hospitality and restaurants and entertainment. That's still our leading economic driver in the city of New Orleans. So I'm encouraging people breathe, take a big deep breath, get your house in order. But when you're ready to party and have fun, come see me in New Orleans. Cause I'm ready to crack into this <laughs> as I possibly can. This is and I don't know if you and I had it when we were in, in uh, Louisville, but we started making tequila cello. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and I love good tequila. I, I know. Can run around and be gregarious like the rest of it. That's one of the reasons that New Orleans is in trouble right now. You know, I've had the corona, right, over Mardi Gras. And yeah. so it's like shit for like a month. But now I'm walking this weird world completely immune to death instruction destruction around me. And so now I'm on the front lines of saying, hey, man, let's put put this bitch back together and let's go. So when you're ready, come down to New Orleans, we'll pop these sealed containers and we'll have a drink and say, you know, pour out a little bit for our homies and uh, do what we do. I, I love I love the mentality. I'm going to keep I'm just like fanboying over here. Like, yes, 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 Tori. All of the things that you're saying. Amen, brother. So. Getting those things organized and being ready as soon as possible to kind of activate. Yep. I want to talk practically about that because you mentioned some of the farmers, there's ranchers, there's yep. a lot of people that actually put three, four months of work ahead of their payday, right? Because That's they're right. putting stuff in the ground, yep. they have a lot of infrastructure they're paying for. It's a longer yep. process to see the return than it is in restaurants, and a right. lot of them are hurting. So, talk to uh, uh, people across the industry right now. How can they support that infrastructure that's going to be crucial? Yeah. Because if that breaks down, you don't yeah. have the products to serve at your restaurant. So so how are you doing that from a practical standpoint? What thoughtful, creative ways can we think about the way that we're supporting that side of the industry, which is just as important as yeah. the restaurants themselves? Yeah. All right. So I think there's a, there's a couple of lines that we can kind of follow here. Um, I, I've had the virus already, so I'm sitting here very comfortable um, doing what we need to do out there in the community. So once people feel comfortable, they're going to see more cases of coronavirus virus in New Orleans starting to decrease at some point, but we're in a sh really shitty spot right now. Um, so when people feel comfortable, 
And when people are part of the herd, that is the, the portion of our society that has had the virus already and folks have recovered from that, when you feel more comfortable to be putting yourself out there, being on the front line saying, hey man, I need to get back to work. I've had this virus already. I need to be part of the common good. I need to be part of the solution here. When you are ready to do that, let's definitely be in touch and just touch base with me. But people in the food service industry, touch base with um, and Rouse's grocery stores, they're hiring right now. You know, when you feel comfortable, jump into Rouse's.com. There's little portals that you can go to to jump in and, and get a grocery store job. Touch base with Covey Rise Farms. Okay. There are collective of um, farmers on the North Shore. Those guys right now are, are digging crops, um, picking lettuce, right? Picking herbs. They, they make $30 baskets and so you can still support our local farmers by touching out with the cubby rise farm guys and they make drops around the city of new orleans and in our suburbs a couple of times a week that supports the farmers you can touch base with cliff hall at the new orleans fish house right he's on the leading edge of what's happened in the seafood industry you know he can put you in touch with um, the guys that are still fishing and if folks can get out there and pull crab traps do what they need to do that mm -hmm. could be a possibility for you too in the meantime um, wash your clothes, get your house in order, sharpen your knives, because when restaurants start to pop, you guys need to be there. Hey, man, you need anything? Call me. Can I touch base with you? And I would encourage people to diversify. If you've always been a fine dining cook, jump into a bartender's job, right? Jump into a dishwashing job, okay? Do what you need to do. Um, this whole stimulus package by the federal government that says, hey, you know, we're going to pass $2 trillion. We're going to give everybody as much as 850 bucks a month. You know, how many of the wear washers are coming back when we do that, right? If you are a good cook, you want to jump back in with the team, get your foot in the door, and maybe a restaurant that you're not maybe quite at that level yet. If you can jump into us and say, hey, man, I'll wash dishes for a little bit. I'll be a prep cook. I'll wash dishes for an hour. I'll prep for an hour. I'll work the line for an hour. I'll wash dishes for an hour. That's the people our industry needs to see. So anybody who wants to get out there, bust your tail, then you know what? Come knocking on our door because when we need you, I'm going to hire you and I'm going to give you a really good wage to come in and bust your ass and I'll teach you everything you possibly can side by side with me and the rest of the sous chefs. Fist pumping, man. Uh, those are what we call hashtag unsung hospitality heroes, which there's millions of, of them in this country. And I think that's great. We have right now our time and our effort to be able to keep the knives sharp, Keep yeah, hustling, yeah. keep learning, like invest in yourself. We don't invest in ourselves enough, yeah, I think, yeah. as a whole. So I think that's going to be really, really important. And uh, thinking about the the people that work for you specifically, when they come back to work, and to your point, it's going to be a little bit different. What's that first conversation like of saying, we are still Commander's Palace, we are a, I mean, you are the community, like literally the garden district, it's, it circles around. It's like, yeah, if you, yeah. if you build a city in the olden times, you put a church and a brewery right in the middle and you built around that. Like yeah. that's how fundamental you are to that community there. So yeah. what's that conversation like when you say, look, we are commander's palace. It may yeah. look yeah. different. It may feel different. It may be uncomfortable for you, Yeah. but yeah. we are going to represent ourselves and our community and yep. our farmers and ranchers really, really well. Give us, I love your rah-rah speech. I want some more, man. Give us a rah-rah yep. speech for when it comes back. You know, Commander's is a, it's a unique restaurant because we've been around for so long. Um, but just in this in this last little bit, since like the, the early 1970s, since the Brennans have owned it, it was Paul Perdome. 
Okay. okay. It was our friend Emerald. And each guy had a bit of a different slant. And each, each one brought a different chapter of professionalism and iconic haute creole cuisine to our blue and white mansion here on Washington Avenue. Um, you know, when, unfortunately, my mentor, when Jamie Shannon, unfortunately, passed away, um, it was it was a really shitty, rough time for all of us. Um, but when we closed for Hurricane Katrina, everybody expected life to be different. And, and it was finally it got to the point where they said, you know what, you know what, Tori, this is your restaurant now. You know, you're not living in Jamie's shadow any longer. And I kind of view this time kind of being the exact same way. I view this, even though I'm still the executive chef, as we reopen after all this bullshit, I really feel like the community wants us to be bigger, badder, faster, stronger than we ever have. So I'm viewing this as, I was telling somebody earlier, it's like when you when you get on a, in an airplane and, and the, the stewardess is there saying, hey, look, you know, in case of emergency, the oxygen mask will pop out from the ceiling. Grab your mask, take care of yourself first. And yeah. once you take care of yourself first, you can, you can help the people around you. And so I view Commander's Palace the exact same way. You know, as people come back to us, we start having those first conversations. I want people to know that they're not stepping back into their old job. The expectations are higher. The work ethic is greater. The food is going to change. So we're still going to have our classics and turtle soup and bread pudding souffle. But I want the food at Commander's Palace to be cover of a magazine cool, but close your eyes and kind of conjure up your grandmother's best tasting gumbo. It needs to be a balancing act of the history of Louisiana over 300 years, but it needs to be like, boom, holy shit, look at all that cool shit on a plate. And so it's a, it's tough to have your, your foot one half in history, but one half on the leading edge. But once we get through all this stuff, we can ditch this garbage. And, you know, when I get out of here, um, I get myself clean, get myself relaxed. We're popping tons of bottles of wine and I read and read and read like a fiend so we can get back redefine what Creole cooking is really all about and get this shit fucking going, man. We got to be able to do that. We owe it to our cooks, our community and everybody else out there in the country to be on the leading edge of bringing hospitality back, especially around New Orleans in the South. I'm going to come wash dishes for you, man. I'm in. Come on, brother. I got I'm you. In, dude. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I, I am... get into this stuff as soon as our workload is done. Okay. <sighs> and we'll have some good Fortalaise of tequila infused with some some blood oranges and Meyer lemons to have a little tequila cello there. Oh, my man, I love it. <laughs> this right now is going to be a mindset game. A thousand percent. I could not agree more. And the fact that your mindset is there, I have zero doubt that you're going to accomplish all of those things because that's the mindset. If we get too caught up in the exact dish that you're cooking in the what and the how we forget yeah. about why we get out of bed to do what we do and who it is yeah. we serve who's in the trenches because that's what really matters that's the emotion that you're going to have to compel your internal and external guests to yeah. deliver on that and that's clearly what you're going to do and so turtle soup maybe going to gold belly and be you know yeah. presented in a different way however the emotion that you're evoking on both sides of that promise that's what's going to matter. And so your leadership is going to be super important. So I wanted to have you on. I, I knew it was going to be this kind of conversation. I wanted everyone else to go, that guy. I even got a comment. Somebody said he should be made a uh, 
what is it, a Chevalier of the National Order, the Legion of Honor from France. I was like, is there a nomination process? Because I will put you up for that. So Greg, player, thanks for that comment because could not agree more. We are going to need leadership more now than ever. You see it playing out and the divisiveness at a, at a national level, even at a local level. And our industry has always had leaders and strong voices. And there's going to be some voices like yours that we're going to need because people are hurting right now. So, Tori, thanks for the great conversation. It was amazing seeing your face. Best <laughs> smile in the industry, my friend. Thank you for being thanks, on the brother. show. I appreciate you. Be safe, man. Thank you for having me, my man. Thank you very much. Much love to you. You stay safe. All the best to the family. And goddamn, let's not wait so long before we get back to the Kentucky Derby and have some fun together. I cannot believe it. I, I'm literally uh, booking flights while they're really cheap to New Orleans uh, oh, to, to come see you, my friend. Take care. Awesome. Thanks, man. I'll see you. Whoo! That guy. That's why I uh, made sure and got him on the show. His energy. Unbelievable. The leadership. It is clear why he is now an icon in this industry, why Commander's Palace continues somehow 120 years to be at the forefront, to be relevant is really important. And it doesn't come because they're in New Orleans. It doesn't come because they have the best turtle suit. It comes because of that mindset of pure, true hospitality, of delivering on a promise made 120 years ago again and again and again. And the only way that you can stay in that place is to both respect your history and move forward into what happens next. And to find that balancing act is incredibly difficult. The hardest maybe if they do it so well. And I'm uh, grateful as well as I'm, I'm, I'm totally selfish in the fact that he really leaned into one of the, not one of the fundamental thesis of why I started best serve podcast is for us in this industry to value and focus on why and who before what and how, because it's, we've seen it right now. It is so easy to get chummed up in the minutia of what we do and how we do it. And now that we can't do what and how, it truly is why we get out of bed in the morning to do what we do, who it is we serve, who's gotten us to this point of 120 years. And he mentioned Jamie and, and the legacy and Prudhomme Home and Legacy. They got you to this point. You stand on the shoulders of giants and to be able to then also care so much about the people in the trenches today, to be working that hard to try and find avenues that you can support your people, that is what truly matters. That is who truly matters. The only thing that matters right now is the relationships that we have because we have nothing else in this industry. And that's the point of why I started this conversation and I'm so passionate about having this conversation because I have also taken people for granted and gotten too caught up in the bullshit of what I do and how I do and thinking I was any good at that, which was not true. The only thing I was ever good at is being a leader of people and knowing that that meant I work for them. And Tori clearly understands that and has been doing that for 17 years as the chef. That is unbelievable unbelievable that level of dedication and patience within this industry because that is not the norm so thank you everybody for watching thank you to tori for being tori <laughs> and uh and that guy you know in moderation but if you need a cocktail or a tequila that's a guy to have a cocktail or a tequila with 
absolutely. So thank you very much. We didn't even get to his playlist because it was it was too good. He was just crushing. He was on fire. But uh, uh, I want to know what that guy uh, listens to in the morning to get him motivated because I'm sure it's epic. Be safe. Be good. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.